Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Reed is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Welcome back to another episode of the Candidates Podcast. Just a reminder, you can go to more about officership in the iTunes and uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to suggest or recommend to your friends as well. You can put them up on social media, help us out. And let's get the story of officership out and about. Now, joining me in the studio today is uh, my neighbour across the road, uh, <laughs> who's also a Salvation Army officer, and that is Lieutenant Colonel Robin Clinch. So welcome to you, Robin. Thank you, Matt. Robin, begin by telling us a little bit about yourself. Oh, I'm just a wonderful person. I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know that I'm superwoman. Um, I've been a Salvation Army officer for a gazillion years. Yeah, well, um, what is a gazillion? In... Well, actually, oh, it's 30-something, commissioned in 86, so 32 years. Yep. Yeah, right yeah. Okay. And um, in that time, I've had um, lots of fun as well as lots of sort of heartbreaks too. Yeah. Um, got what, kids? Yeah, three. got kids, three kids. Um, kids, a husband and a puppy? Yeah, so good. Gorgeous puppy called Ziggy, who is the the light of our lives. She arrived two years ago. She's great fun. But yeah, kids—they're all grown adults. And um, Kate, Steve, and Britt, and um, love them to bits. They're fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, your your officership has been quite a vast journey. You've been <laughs> well. It has been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time, but it's also been uh, geographically. It's been all over the place. You've served in South Australia. Yeah. Did you yeah. ever serve in Tasmania? You're from Tasmania. Yeah, aren't you? from Tassie. Actually, born in Queensland, um, but my parents moved back down to Tassie when I was only young, so I grew up. So, in did Tasmania. you ever serve in Tassie? No. No. no so, no, South no. Australia. And yeah. you really haven't had that many appointments. No, I had, I think it's seven in the 32. I'm in my seventh now in 32 years. Okay. Started off in a little honeymoon um, appointment of Port Lincoln in South Australia by the sea. Oh. So you go down and is that, Isn't that where and, all the millionaires live? Yeah, all the that's tuna right. Fishermen? All the yep. tuna fish. And Dean Lucan, the weightlifter, he was oh, yeah. there too. That's and, important. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> and it was interesting. That was a fabulous appointment. It was there that I, you're very, very much part of the community. But uh, I mean, like when we finally had our first first baby, Kate, two years after, um, got flowers from the guys at the local hotel and things like that. Yeah, yeah. two baskets of flowers, especially from two different pubs. So Yeah, um, yeah. So basically yeah, you spend nice. a lot of time in the pub. Yeah, well, yes, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the meals. Yeah. And yeah. so then from Port Lincoln to, to Golden Grove. Yeah, six months before it happened, it was fantastic. The DC said, look, if things go the way that we plan, we'd really like you and Ron to do a core plant in Golden Grove. Um, what do you think about it? We were very excited. And even having that, you know, that consultation, that chat, he said, mm. look, it might not happen. It depends on if we've got enough manpower. Do you remember who the DC was? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm trying <laughs> madly to think of his name. <laughs> um, so yeah. you don't remember, but Yeah, okay. I'm trying really hard. Jim. Mr DC. Let's yeah. Call yep. They were fantastic, whoever it was. So church, It'll come to church me. planting? Yeah, yeah absolutely adored that, hey? So... We're in a, in a new space now, the Salvation Army, sort of doing new things and whatever. Yep. What, what do you think the difference is between starting something new now and s starting something new? Oh, 
oh, you know, it's so interesting because it's honestly just so much that the terms have changed. Mm. But it still, for us, it was, you know, you really had to whole, ask the whole big question, what is the Salvation Army all about anyway? If we're going to start mm. something up, what's it about? And, of course, it's bringing people to faith in Jesus Christ. It's the two wings of the same bird, um, the evangelical, the, the social work. Um, but it's very, very much engagement in the community, coming alongside others. So um, what, what did you do in Golden Grove? Because it was quite successful, Yeah, wasn't it? I, I love the culture. I think it's even held through um, even in today's terms where it is that, you know, people matter. Um, and it was very much relationship-based. Um, we started off by um, going to a local community house. The girls, some Salvationists who live in the area had been to a nutrition course at a community house. Um, they absolutely loved it. And when the course finished, the girls wanted to keep meetings. So um, they invited me along. That became our first sort of contact within a lot of families within the community. Um, those mums um, wanted Sunday school for their kids. One of the great mm. things of Golden Grove is the, the schools, the government and the private schools would um, be on the the same campus and share library oh, and other right. facilities. So okay. that was fantastic. These girls needed um, to, because they went to the private schools, which were often church-based, um, the kids had to go to a um, Sunday school regularly and church meetings. And so they wanted us to run a Sunday school. We sort of said, yeah, look, we'll do that, but you're going to have to help teach. And we didn't even know the faith status of a lot of these people. Mm. And um, it was just wonderful to see them coming along, um, helping to run the Sunday school and learning as they went and, you know, coming to faith in Christ. And how many years did you do that for? We did that for six years. Then you went to what I would probably call the complete opposite. The now, bastion I, of salvationism. I, now, I, you said that. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've said a lot of things about this place that have got me in trouble, yeah. so I don't, I, and I don't mean that to be disrespectful. No. But you went from a church plant, yep. plant, plant yep. in South Australia, Golden yes. Grove, to yep. Waverley Temple. Yes. Salvation Army. Yes, yes. High Street Road. Yes. Glen yes, Waverley, right? Yes, yes. What was that like? Because, you know, we, we think about people exploring ministry think, oh, I'd like to be a, you know, plant a church and then all yeah. of a sudden you're doing something else. Yeah. How did you yeah. prepare yourself to go from a church plant where you probably made a lot of your own rules up Sure. to uh, an environment that maybe wasn't so... Yeah. I don't... Look, yeah. Uh, uh, look, honestly, I just think it worked out perfectly and I like to think that God's somehow behind it all. I mean, let me tell you, when we first got the news, I just cried solidly for days thinking <laughs> that it was a mistake. I'm, firstly, I misread the letter. I thought we were going as associates and Ross Kendry was going to be our CO. Okay. Uh, yeah, I did that well, didn't I? And he would have been the DC, he? he? was, that's okay, right. So as that... I said, read the letter wrong completely. <laughs> um, Ron's saying, oh, it's too big, too big, we'll never do it. And, um, and I said... It's okay. We're only associates, and then the penny dropped. Um, mm. But honestly, only associates. <laughs> yeah. we used to only be associates there too. Yeah. yeah. So we actually do know what it's like to be. Yeah, it's true. I don't. <laughs> I want to be a boss. Yeah. Um, it was the most valuable ten years, and I think in going to into Waverley, we realised what we needed to do for next steps had we stayed at Golden Grove, and that is to broaden the local leadership base, um, help your people discover. And you see, this is where terms come in, come into it. I'm going to sound so dated when I talk about helping people to discover their spiritual gifts, um, what is it, their skills, their passions, what they're good at, yep. and um, just to see them invest that in the life of the church. It's just mm. so 
exciting. And so we we found that we needed to work you know, with a team and get other teams going. And um, that became, it was, it was a demanding appointment. Um, we had a 9.30 meeting, an 11 o'clock meeting, um, a meeting in the evening at 7 o'clock and um, also youth meetings after that. Was the Chinese yeah, congregation started, there when you were there? Did you no, start that? No, no, we started that, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and was it was very exciting times of outreach. Um, yeah. well, talk yeah. about some of that because I think, um, you know, it is, I, I say traditional choirs and yeah. it has a great heritage. Yeah. But it yeah. also was, it was quite missional. Yes, Which I don't definitely. think people... No. Fully understood or value or value, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just love it. It, it, it. Exactly the same ethos that took us through Port Lincoln to Golden Grove becomes important at Waverley, and that is that we come alongside people. How do we enable our congregation to do that? Yeah. Um, we had a, a Ch- one Chinese family, and they were really keen on helping reach other Chinese people who'd moved into the area. Because yeah, for those yeah. who don't know, Glen Waverley is a, a very strong. Yeah. has a very strong sort of Chinese Yeah, and uh, other cultures population. now too. It's well, incredible. Yes. It's really changed yeah. and its it demographic. And it mint to yeah. live there. Yeah. It's a yeah. very expensive neighbourhood now. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of me loves that whole ideal picture in that we're all part of the kingdom of God, so we'd all be in one service worshipping together. Yeah. But language, it was just really, really, really tough, and especially mm. for older Chinese people. Um, well, we wanted to respect that, and um, so the, the service was run in Mandarin. Um, John Jeffrey was the DC at the time, and he'd had to speak at a local Bible college, and there were two Chinese um, graduates there who were very keen about the Salvation Army and they actually became Salvation Army officers. They had to go through the Salvation Army distinctives. Um, Their names were Joseph and Mary, Mary. which is gorgeous. um, (laughs) Did they have a little baby on each other? Yeah, but he was Abraham, not Jesus, so there you go. (laughs) Uh, Beautiful family and uh, they really kicked the the ministry along too. But what I absolutely adored was the thing that the... um, the English-speaking congregation would really, really want to support and, be, you know, be part of mm. it too. And so they'd have conversational English classes. They'd be held on a Thursday night. And honestly, when they first started, this is no exaggeration, have between 60 and 80 people every Thursday night. And the people running the class, a lot would be more senior um, people, retired officers or, or um, older folk, and they would... Um, be the, you know, sort of do the, the smaller group work that after they had their one big lesson together for half an hour or so, then they'd break up into smaller groups and they'd be scattered all over the hall, you know, doing their classes. It Which is what you want your church used for, isn't it? Yeah. People learning yeah. and developing. Yeah, that's right. Ten years. Yeah. And then, dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah, that's DC right. in Eastern, Eastern Victoria Division, yeah. which no longer yeah. exists in its, yeah. uh, in that state, but... Yeah. That's yeah. that's a change. Yeah, sure was. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know, but I'm assuming that running a division is very different from running a course. So. Yeah, look, I, I just want to throw out there to anybody um, thinking about, you know, core ministry and, and that is that you do have an incredible amount of flexibility 
and the opportunity for creativity too. You know, yeah. so much of it's up to you. You can, you've got a huge, you know, yeah. range of freedom. Um, as divisional commanders, lo- absolutely adored the aspect of coming alongside other officers. Um, really thrived on that. I miss the platform ministry. Ron and I would always share that. You know, roughly fifty-fifty. Mm. Yeah. And so did often, you not have you know, that as a DC? Yeah, you not a sp- would when you're special, but you sort it's of not didn't the same get when to it's journey. A different, nah, yeah, you don't yeah. get to journey. You don't know what's going on. Nah. No, and often you, even in your preaching, you're communicating, you'd be picking up on stuff that had happened throughout the week and yeah. you're all sort of on the same page and mm. wanting to do your best, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Eastern Vic, oh, I was appointed as a DDWM, Divisional Director of Women's Ministries. And, um, I mean, the whole of the Salvation Army's women's ministry. I mean, there's so many women involved in ministry. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. And so it was really a, a structural thing um, that comes out, I guess, from IHQ. And this is where I'm no expert and please, people, don't judge me on this. Um, but I had to be called that. Um, but you were a divisional leader. You yes, and Ron, Ron and I would operate as divisional, divisional leaders. Divisional leaders, yeah. yeah. And that was really fabulous too, going to the um, strategy meetings, planning meetings, being part of it all. It was it yeah. was really quite inspiring. Okay. It was good. good. But another thing I want to just chuck in there that happened is that's when Partners in Mission started. And um, each division in the Southern Territory was paired with another territory um, in a developing country. And we had the Democratic Republic of Congo. That's right. And so we motivated the, or attempted to. Um, <laughs> but we did. I was really thrilled with the response that happened. Um, we raised, oh, I forget how many, it was about $160,000 or something. But for every dollar we raised, um, the territory would match it so that it would go to a specific project. Yeah. And... Um, and and that sort of really opened my eyes again, I guess, to the um, sort of global aspect of the Salvation Army. Ron had gone to ICO in one of our years at Waverley, which was huge. But I must say, I really sort of enjoyed um, being the being in charge, you know. <laughs> but people rallied around and support. Yeah, yeah. And, and but did you grow through that? Like that doesn't oh, mean that oh, because yes. Ron wasn't there that you yeah. you could grow. But yeah, yeah, did, yeah. I mean, you just it's just different. You isn't do. It? You have to step up and yeah. that. And uh, no. Yeah, I, I mean, we're absolutely overjoyed when Ron finally returned. Yeah. Um, and and things, you know, progressed. Um, but yeah, it was a great That's opportunity. Good. Yeah. So oh, when Ron went to ICO, sorry, that's what I was going to say. His eyes were really open to to how um, other officers in other territories um, really struggle, and that sort of touched our hearts. Well, really, I want to yeah. talk about that because yeah. um, we've just recently had self denial. Yeah. In. Yeah. Australia. Um, after you were the DC in Eastern Vic, you went over to the Philippines. Yes. Um, yeah. You would have seen something very different. Yeah. What? We've, it, seen, we've all seen the videos. Yeah. And we yeah. all know that it's not, it's, you know, the world is a big place and lots yeah. of different things. But you're serving as a Salvation Army officer in Eastern Victoria then all of a sudden you're, you find yourself leading the army in the Philippines. What was that like? Yeah. Um, I often describe it as a, a love-hate relationship. Um, we were second in charge. I was TSWM, um, but also doing the war cry and literary. Ron was the chief secretary. Um, an absolute privilege to be there and be part of the leadership um, but life's tough there for people. Um, 
What, what about the officers? Yeah. Because I, I yeah. know, I mean, we've had this conversation previously. You, you've sort of mm. become a bit of an advocate for, <laughs> yeah. for officers in other parts of the world. Is that because of that experience of seeing? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, officers would need to clothe and feed their children and then there were questions asked about um, money that came into core and how it was being used and yet officers weren't paid what they should be, and what they should be is still very, very low. Mm. Well, well, well what, do, you, do you remember what the like a uh, the allowance was? I think we brought it up to. I think, please, and there's probably going to be friends who listen to this who will know exactly. Um, I think it was around fifty dollars a week. That was what it was brought. I think. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was it was really tough for them, and um, and so the idea was well, that was one of our aims, and we we're able to do it um, through, and that was one of the beauties that we could bring to it is the fact that we had networks, and and I don't mean we personally, but we could also just sort of um, contact IHQ, be a little bit more aggressive in saying we need mm. a bit of support here, and um, which is something that often people are, are, don't want to do, you know. Mm. Um, but I just figured, look, the global resources are there, people want. To help. Um, so what can we do that might help the people? Um, what, what did you learn from the people in the Philippines? Joy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Life's very simple and can still even be out like in the huts and, and, and the long grass of, of a village. But just to know their deep, um, incredible joy in following Jesus Christ. It's an 86% Roman Catholic country, um, but trying to break through to people having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ and then eyes on others um, and about the kingdom of God happening here and now, the possibility of it, as well as when they die, that was sort of like a, a, a that was a difference because um, life's pretty, can be short and people die frequently. Um, and so I guess it was a lot about heaven and, you know, what happens when we die um, rather than what can happen now. And I think for, you know, Salvation Army theology, you know, we're very much on about the kingdom of God beginning here and now, what would that look like? And uh, and so that was a, a, a big culture shift. Um, it's hard because as far as women are concerned, um, it's interesting, women are, are quite strong and, and incredibly motivated, along with the guys too, and, and working extremely hard. But there's this um, uh, more um, conservative approach where the male is the head of the household, so it's very hard to find a female to step up into positions of leadership over a husband. Um, that that still um, doesn't happen terribly easily. Um there was a reproductive health bill going through the government. It had been stalled for 16 years. Um, prescriptions, other forms of contraception, the costs are extremely high. And um, yet, and sex education doesn't happen um, until, if it does happen, um, into when people are more or less in some sort of form of tertiary education when they're, they're older as a, because the concept is that it'll encourage promiscuity. Um, but there's 11 Filipino women die every day in childbirth. 
Um, they just have too many kids and um, they don't want to get pregnant and yet the cost of contraception and everything's just so high. And I was sort of aghast at that and thinking, oh, what can we do? And um, But you've just got to be so very, very careful in how you tackle any of that. Yeah. Um because of, the, and also the government too, because there's a bit of a suspicion of Westerners and, and that sort of thing. Um, and the Maxwells would know about, you know, rules changing and things about um, having national-led CEOs of companies yeah, now. Yeah, and, and, and I think you're talking about yeah. Lieutenant Colonels... Yeah, Robin Wayne, and Wade Maxwell. Wayne yeah, and Robert, yeah, yeah. They had to sort of yeah. get out pretty quickly. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a different part of the world, different rules. Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing they can make some rules pretty quickly and then others yeah. take 16 years to yeah. find their way yeah. through legislation. That's right, yeah. So, I mean, the, the 12,000... Um, non-judicial, <laughs> non-judicial deaths that have happened as, um, you know, people being accused of being either um, drug traffickers or even drug addicts, you know, they reckon something like 12,000 people have lost their lives and that's only in the past couple of years. And that's what we know so, about. Yeah, mm. yeah. What did you learn about yourself in the Philippines? I guess I learnt... Um, this is getting very sensitive, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I guess I learnt that I'm okay and what I've got to offer. Gosh, um, that you might consider little um, can really bring hope and encouragement for other people. And um, that was one of the joys, just coming alongside other officers. Um, if I had to speak at officers' fellowships or councils and, and just to be able to see a bit of hope ignited in somebody's eyes. And I guess that even comes through to even like your Waverleys and even especially Golden Grove and then even Port Lincoln. When you're sitting alongside someone or it could be as public as being on a platform, but you're showing the love or actually proclaiming the love of Jesus Christ and you see the hope ignite in their eyes. You see them have hope and, and they, you know, they think, yes, I will be okay. And um, and for me, I think it was just really nice confirmation that, yeah, God uses us all different talents. Um, I've always felt a little bit weird um, in that I was a high school dropout. So I hope anybody considering <laughs> um, officership is not put off by educational qualifications. Um, hmm. I, I, I finished in year 10, went straight to a job as you did, a, you know, all those gazillion years ago and um, have not sort of had um, any sort of, you know, formal education back then. I've done a little bits over the years as they've gone by, but you develop and grow in so many... I'm a very different person to what I was then, and you develop and grow in so many different ways, and often it's the, through the practice. The girl the from practice. Bernie. Yeah, the Bernie girl. The Bernie the Parklands girl. girl. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When, once you're finished in the Philippines... Yeah. and Sorry, just to go back, you, you're you right. Yeah. You make a difference. People mm. make a difference. Yeah, Wherever they, they are. And yeah. It's, yeah. But... You came back to Australia yeah. and you came back to uh, South Australia. Yeah. As it, our DCs. Yeah, that's right. For the right. second time. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it like coming back? Because I would think, one, like, you changed, I would I would imagine, yeah. and yeah. again, conversations we've had over the journey that you you just start to see things differently and then yeah. you come back to where you sort of picked it up. Yeah. What was that like? Um. It was a little bit frightening um, because as part of the DC's role, you'd, you'd travel around the state and you'd visit, and it was often on a Sunday, and just to see the congregations, um, beautiful people, 
but very much older and very much smaller congregations. And you think, oh, my goodness. Um, But then, though, the important thing was to see what was happening during the week also and and just to see the way um, that people are trying to well, you know, they definitely get out from behind computers, behind the the admin and um, continue the contacts, the engagement with their communities and to see that happened, uh, happen and especially, I guess, when being in the city at um, ACH, absolutely brilliant and beautiful to see the way um, people's lives were being impacted by local core. Um, again, it's just the same whole thing, this thread that comes through was coming alongside other people yeah. um, that, again, and just trying to give them boost, uh, a boost and give them hope and encouragement and also to become their advocate and to speak for them, um, for our officers in, in certain situations. Um, people have frozen perceptions on someone and yet you go and see the, the outcomes, mm. um, what a person's actually doing, to see a, a, the way that a, a place has grown. And, and people's lives are being changed and just to be able to speak that, you know, and to tell different stories when when others might not have the same perceptions. Mm. Do you think that for to see CORE expanding, you know, sort of midweek, like that, I mean, it's part of the change at the Salvation yeah. Army because, you, I mean, it did used to be how, how well's the CORE going was the measurement was the on Sunday and whatever. yeah. yeah. I kind of have this view that your core's only as strong as it is on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, like (laughs) what what difference does it make whether it's Sunday morning, Tuesday afternoon or whatever, Thursday night. So um, what – and now you're in Melbourne. So we're just sort of trialling through all your (laughs) – Yeah, the appointments. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. And now you're in officer development, which is a game. But you you are a strong advocate for for officers and I think this is the interesting part for people listening and exploring ministry Mm. that all the way through it's relationships – and it's encouragement, it's advo- advocating for people um, and bringing a little bit of hope. But, yeah. Regardless of yeah. education, yes. regardless of rank, regardless yeah. of appointment, wherever you've been, yeah. uh, you've been able to do that really well. So w- what is what is it like now? We're at THQ in Melbourne. Yeah, look, I mean... It's different, isn't it? Yeah, it is different. There's a deal of frustration um, mm. in the amount of administration and, and budget constraints too. I mean, you, I want to... And I'll work on that though. I'm going to be a boss <laughs> and I'll start claiming my ground. <laughs> um, don't listen, Kelvin Merritt. And, um, but yeah, we just need um, some good administrative support just to get things um, on track as to what officers have, what study and mm. what development opportunities. And um, I mean, part of the, the, the role's three main parts is that um, you're in charge of officer appraisals. Appraisal's a horrible word and I want something much better and a better vehicle to do it in, but the value of that is that every two years an officer gets to sit down with their line manager, have a really good talk about future direction, mm. about what areas of development they might need, mm. um, about strengths, weaknesses, how they're going. Um, absolutely value, love that part of the appraisal system. Um, the second part is, of course, academic study approvals um, and conference approval because, um, you know, development, isn't it the um, 70-20-10 principle that mm. 70% of your learning and your growth and your development happens on the job and as yeah. you're doing the stuff. Yeah. And so I really want to protect that area of development, mm. which is a bit nebulous too. It's rather sort of hard to 
get people on board with that sometimes because it's much easier to default to the, oh, we'll do a course in that, we'll do the academic stuff. Um, and mm. also coaching's um, having people come alongside you that um, accounts for about 20% of the growth and the, the studies is just the, the 10%. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously extremely important and, and valuable in deepening your knowledge, but um, there's also the whole practitioner-based way of development that's important. What were we talking about? about oh, I, I can't remember. Yeah, this but, job. Yeah. yeah. What, oh, and then I've also got to run things like conferences, work with the college in doing the first, first, the, five. first five, yeah, yep. and then have to do the 10-year, the 20-year um, service seminar and the pre-retirement seminar. And that's an absolute privilege, you know, just to come and stand alongside other officers and, and help encourage them and help them learn perhaps a little bit more and yeah, get excited. Good. Yeah. What What do you think is the greatest need for the Salvation Army today? I think particularly right now is for each of us just to own our own personal relationship with Christ, our discipleship, our covenanted... So this is for soldiers as, as well as officers to own our own response to Jesus Christ and to make sure that we're true, that we're following him, our eyes are on him, irrespective of what's going on around us. And the same for me in my job, irrespective of what's going on with the whole transition, eyes focused on Christ and doing the best thing that I can, you know, um, being excited about what I do and, um, and you know, the, the, the role that, um, well, what might happen within this role for God's kingdom eventually. And um, so I'd love to see, I think that if we all sort of did that, um, mm. it might just help us with our own personal happiness. Having said that, though, um, if there's things that need to be changed, I would just pray, too, that we all had the courage um, to be able to stand up for a few things that need changing. And that's not an easy place to be. No. But yeah. it, but you're right. There is a, a sense that we are um, in a transition, whatever, and I, I mean, whatever that means to anybody, but in, the, in terms of the organisation or the church, um, that we are... We're moving towards something. And I think, you know, the whole purpose of these podcasts is to get people who are listening, who are thinking about ministry to to sort of challenge them at one level about whether they could be part of the, the change that's, yeah. that's happening and the change that is to come. What would you say just as we close to people exploring ministry? You got any pearls of wisdom that you could download for us? Um, I'm just looking because I sort of thought you might ask this, <laughs> but I can't find what I've written anyway. Isn't that funny? You, you look down and it's all such... Um, scribble. Such scribble. Look, I, I think it's very much tied up with what we were just saying, whether you're a soldier at a corps, whether you're a friend of the Salvos, um, disciple of Jesus Christ, um, am I giving my best for the kingdom of God? Am I excited about what God does? Because God hasn't stopped working. You know, the whole thing of Easter, you know, risen Christ is here, he's alive, you yeah. see him at work. It's just fantastic. And, I think sometimes uh, we, we forget that we, we serve a living God. Yeah. You know, yeah. not a monument, not a... Yeah. But it's it's alive and well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think this whole thing too, and it probably ties in a bit with the development stuff, is, you know, sort of finding what we're good at, our passions, and offer that to God, to the kingdom. Um, so how can that be developed? What can I do? What You know, it might be a vast area. Um, you know, it might be refugees. It, it might be um, women's work. It, 
I don't know. Um, but what can I do in bringing these passions and my own giftedness, mm. my capabilities? And whatever it is, we need them. Yeah. We need people yeah. in that yeah. space. Now, yeah. just just as we close, I do need to borrow the lawnmower soon. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll be over the road to... Uh, to borrow that. But listen, um, every time Matt borrows it, he brings it back clean, <laughs> which I don't think it's ever had in its life. That's life. the only reason so you let me borrow it. That's I right, because that, it gets clean. It's very impressive, yeah. Um, Robin, thanks very much for chatting with us. I know that um, you know, you've got an enormous amount of experience, lots of, uh, you know, you shared from early days to hearing God's call to ministry to wherever it's ta- taken literally around the world, um, and we look forward to seeing where it takes you from here. Got any ideas? Oh, absolutely none. <laughs> Perhaps a core again, I think, would be fabulous. Yeah, yeah. all right. Thanks yeah. very much. Well, just uh, just like always, if you've got any questions or comments, you want to leave them on the Facebook page, leave them there. If you've got a direct question you'd like to ask uh, Robin, um, send it to me and I can uh, pull, forward it on to her and I'm sure she'd be more than happy to answer your questions. So thanks very much, Robin. Pleasure. Thanks for joining us for more about Officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore Officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?